Uh, this morning we're going to be in Psalm 1. So if you turn there. Um, while you're turning, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we just praise you and thank you again that we get to come this morning on a Sunday morning and, and worship together as uh, those who are in Christ and maybe those who are wondering about Christ. Lord, I just pray that your word would be a light and that you would open our, our eyes and our hearts to hear your word preached. Lord, I just pray that I would be faithful and that the words from my mouth would be a sweet aroma in your nostrils. We just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's go ahead and read Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, and the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. As I was studying throughout this week, I think it's the Lord's providence, I was studying, I decided to start studying, I was supposed to preach next week, and it looks like I might, but um, I started studying Tuesday, so hopefully it's not as bad as it, as it as you might all think it's going to be. But uh, um, in the Lord's providence, I started studying, and while I was studying, I, uh, I liked what I come across that Kidner had said in his commentary about this psalm. It seems likely that this psalm was especially composed as an introduction to the whole Psalter, so this collection of psalms in Book 1. Certainly it stands up here as a faithful doorkeeper confronting those who would be in the congregation of the righteous with the basic choice that alone gives to the reality to worship, with the divine truth that informs it, which is God's word, with the ultimate judgment that looms beyond it. In many ways, this psalm reminds me of the amazing interstate system that we have here in America. Um, when we lived in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we wanted to go see our family in Seattle, Washington, basically what we, what we would do is go on Interstate 90 for what seemed weeks because we had three small kids. And so you're stopping every two seconds because somebody's got to go to the bathroom or needs a snack or, you know, you know most of you guys know. Um, but realistically, it was about 20 hours. You just stay on I-90 the whole time. Um, this psalm is much like that, but in a spiritual reality. Um, everyone on this planet is wanting the same thing, to have peace and happiness. And this psalm shows us that there is only one way to reach that destination, much like my family taking I-90 to get home to visit our family, we must follow the instruction in God's word in order to reach our destination. Uh, we see that laid out for us. In, uh, start, we start to see that laid out for us in verses 1 and 2, which says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands, up in, the, sorry, stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates 
day and night. So in order for us to be blessed or another word might be happy in the Lord is that we must do all these things perfectly. Uh, we must never do anything foolish or ill willed towards others or ourselves. Uh, we must never plant our feet or even start walking down a sinful path. And we must never do anything in our life that is contrary to God's word, thus mocking him or scoffing him. We must always be thinking about God's teaching and love it so much that it is always just pouring out of us. And we can't help but teach God's word. The Bible makes it very simple. So many Christians want a to-do list on if once I get these things accomplished, I know that I'm saved. Once I look at my life and I can see this list, man, I know that like this is this is what I'm hanging my hat on as far as salvation goes. But I, I'm afraid that if any of you are like me, you're not batting a thousand. You're not at a hundred percent. This list must be done perfectly. There's no way you can start again. Or is there another way? Um, you see, God knows that we cannot meet this standard, not even for a single day. We in our natural state cannot live lives that are blessed by God. In fact, our entire life mocks God on a daily basis. We continue to look to the world to find people to influence us and teach us some sort of truth until we find a way that seems to make us feel good. We then get on that way. We plan our feet. We set our course on something we hope is going to get us to our destination of feeling that peace and joy. But let me tell you, this destination and this aiming without God's word is mocking God. It is God's longing that all people would come to him for salvation. And here in the first couple of verses, we see the way it must take place and we just can't attain it. We cannot perfectly live out the law of, of, of God. So, brothers and sisters, this is why God came to the earth fully man. That man's name was Jesus Christ. He lived this life described in verses 1 and 2, he, put himself, he did not put himself under the, the wicked counsel. He could not even set his feet, or he did not even set his feet on the path towards sin. His entire life was a sweet aroma to God the Father, never mocking him. In fact, he was the embodiment of the law. Always thinking about it and meditating it. And he loved it so much that he couldn't help but teach those around him. Beloved, this man lived the life that we just couldn't. So the question is, how can this life count for ours? How can we be made right with God by Jesus? Verse 3 gives us the answer. It says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does... He prospers. It's at this point in the passage, we see that this is not a to-do list, but an all-done list. If it were a to-do list, we would expect to see an analogy of a bumblebee or a worker ant putting in its time, doing the things it needs to do to reap the reward. But instead, that's not what we see here. We see a tree. And just 
And not just some wild tree growing in the middle of a desert, but a tree that was planted. In fact, the original language here has this transplanted kind of thought behind it. As in it was taken from a place and put directly next to this stream. Now, a tree usually doesn't, well, I'll say it doesn't, it never chooses where it's going to grow. Right, but where it grows makes all the difference in the world, right? Whether it's going to live or whether it's going to die. We can see that this tree is obviously planted in the right climate. It's full of leaves and it's producing fruit in this, in its proper season. And as it draws its life from this stream, brothers and sisters, this stream is the life of Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father has lovingly placed us in such a place that we can draw our life from His. In fact, we are dependent on His life for our own. And when we put all of our hope and trust in the Lord Jesus as our own, the life He lived is then given to us. It's is a theological term. It's imputed to us, which means it's assigned. It's given. This is now our life. We then are seeing that God, through the work of Christ, and we are made right before God. This is the only way we are able to reach that desired destination of happiness and peace with God. All the other ways will end in frustration and disappointment and disillusion. I think a lot of us understand that and know that when we stray from the Word, when we stray from God or look to other things, it gets very frustrating very fast. Um, we see that the wicked, or it can also be translated the faithless here, those who don't put their faith and trust in God, are like chaff. Let's move on to verse 4. It says, The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Um, chaff is basically the husk or fragments from corn or wheat that, uh, that when it's harvested basically falls off. Uh, one commentator describes chaff as rootless, weightless, and useless. It's easily blown away by the wind, and such is the faithless or the wicked, those who don't put their faith in God. They have nothing on which to stand, much like the man in the parable in Matthew and Luke, who decides to build his home on the sand with no foundation, when the storm came, all that he had constructed, his whole life was then washed away. The author is intentional in this writing. We are meant to see the contrast between a tree and tra- chaff. They are nothing alike and not even of the same substance. The tree is firmly planted and has its life soaring through it. Chaff, on the other hand, is basically dead, dried grass. The psalmist wants us to make this connection. We also see that a tree, that this tree is sustained by the stream, and that even when the land around it is in drought, the tree, the tree's root system is so deep and vast that the, it's still able to draw life from the stream even when the water tables are low. And that stream, again, is the life of Christ. 
This is why we see so many self-proclaimed Christians walk away from their faith in this day and age. Or they get so obsessed with things that have nothing to do with Christ. These folks do not have their roots connected to the stream of Christ's life. Their roots are in other things. We all need Christ. We need to stop looking for the things around us from the, in, the, in our country in this world to satisfy our needs. We need to stop saying things like, if only my country were you know, fill in the blank or, or such, and I, I, I will only be happy when such and so is in office. Or I just wish everyone would you know, choose your fill in the blank there. And all these things will not bring us life. They will, they will not bring us joy. All they do is bring death and despair. The men and women of straw will not be able to stand before the Lord. Verse 5 says, the wicked or the faithless will not be able to stand in the judgment, nor sinners, which is also translated failures, in the congregation of the righteous. The day is on its way when the Lord will come and look at all of our lives, one by one, individually, to look and see what is wood, hay, stubble, and what is gold, silver, and precious stone, and set fire so that way we can see what we've built our life on, so we can, he's going to show us what will stand and what will be consumed, as we see in 1 Corinthians 3.12. Beloved, build your life on Christ. It's all that will remain. For the Lord knows the way of those who are righteous, verse 6 says. This knowing is a deep and personal knowing. It's not just a mental acknowledgement of a person, but a deep, involved, and intimate knowledge of that person. David describes it best in Psalm 139, 1-6. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay upon, lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Beloved, it is not the heart of the Lord that any should perish, but He desires that all would come to know Him and the joys that surround Him. And to have that deep personal relationship with Him, He is now holding out His hand to you for you to take and to join him and partake in his life. I pray that you would grab a hold of his hand. So in closing, Jeremiah 17, 5-8 says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. 
He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He dwells in parched places of the wilderness. In an unhabitable salt land. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. And he does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Please see here that it is far better to trust the Lord, to put your trust in the Lord, that your trust is the Lord, and draw your life from His life, making it your own. You cannot attain the perfection that is required, but are required to trust Christ for that perfection. Church, please lean into Christ as your foundation and your strength. Draw from His life. All else will fail you and will leave you dry and thirsty, wanting more. They are empty cisterns. Please come to Him. Trust Him and His Word, for it brings life to your soul and will refresh your spirit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this, this blessing of your word. Lord, I pray that it would not return void. God, I pray that it, we would all be able to see your glory through the preaching of your word and that it would change our hearts and our minds. We just praise you and thank you for your goodness and your kindness towards us. I just pray that, um, that we would rest in your finished work and in your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen.